Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM, and Happy New Year for our first episode of the 2023 year. Happy New Year. You are back with Kyle Teixeira, myself, and sitting next to me, no longer across from me, mm, that's right, John Teixeira. We are going to speak this week and teach you a little bit about real estate syndication funds. Now, if you have any questions about anything we talk about on this podcast, want to talk to us about real estate, how to build wealth, um, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. And if you really want to hear about a specific real estate syndication fund, we we have one we're working on right now that we will be talking about at the end of this episode. So right. make sure to stick around and we'll get a lot more specific. So initially, you might be asking yourself, what is a real estate syndication fund? Yeah. I mean, the first time I heard this, I didn't know what it was. It's not something that's, that's that broadly, you know... Uh, commonly used or or is common knowledge right google has definitely made it made it easier for people to learn about this kind of stuff but but even investors don't really know about it i'd say this you got two ends of that coin i'd say this one falls into the category of big money investors would know exactly what you're talking about um it's one of those things that might feel exclusive but in reality anybody can do it right anybody can do it it's very commonly practiced less commonly talked about um it's one of those things too that um, you know investors don't really talk about the funds that they're involved with or where their money is you know it's one it's one of those things so they're usually exclusive right yeah i mean they are exclusive so and they're private so in a general sense a real estate syndication fund is you know, investors group together their money or take that step back. You have a sponsor. So you have an operator who's going to go out and get a property, acquire it for the purposes of making a profit. Right. And you, you create a, they create a fund uh, to fund that project or get a group of investors to put their money in to fund the project for the, for the, goal of splitting the profits. Okay. So before we move on to investors, so big picture, sponsors are basically putting the deal together. They put the deal together, they're asset managers, um, and they're either operators or hiring the operator. All the operations of the deal are handled by the sponsor. So if I want to put together a syndication fund and I want to be the sponsor, I would be responsible for finding the deal, putting the deal together, selling the deal, or, or acquiring investors for the deal is what I mean by selling the deal, um, managing it all the way through till whatever strategy that fund has, right? It could be an exit strategy, it could be a long-term play, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I mean, the bottom line is if I'm going to be a sponsor, then I'm in charge of all of it from the very beginning, from the inception and origination idea, all the way to the very end, Right. Correct. And and we're just to be clear, we're talking about this in a very st- it's it's a very unstandard industry, I would say, but this is the it's, it's, Is unstandard a word? Yeah, I don't know. No, non standard. Hey, can you look that up for us, Steve? Is that un- <laughs> non standard? Okay. But the right. in a general sense, this is the, the generalized way these things are structured. Because you can really do whatever you want with these. But yes, the sponsor is generally responsible for all the control of the project. Um after the money is posted, you know closing the deal, all, all of it. So they are the, in a, in a easy sense, the operator of the project, making the investors 
the limited partners. So a lot of these, you've probably, people probably have heard how a lot of partnerships are structured. So um, another way to say this is you have the general partner who's the sponsor and the limited partners who are the investors. So if I were to simplify this, in order to make a deal happen, this is where syndication comes from. You need people with the time and expertise to get the deal done and you need money. Almost every real estate deal out there needs those two things. Yep. Yep. So this syndication is kind of a marriage of those two things. A syndication fund, that's what we're calling it. That's kind of the the legal, like, um, not legal, but that's the, the industry name for it. But there's a lot of different ways that you can do this kind of syndication. We do, we've talked multiple times about partnerships that we have is basically this, this same marriage of, of expertise and, and investors, because yeah, but it's not the same. So, and you might be thinking what, what's the difference in grouping all my friends together, getting, you know, getting some money and buying a property and having it managed. Well, the, the control, the control aspect is what makes this syndication fund. So the incentive, mm-hmm. right? So the sponsors incentive in these deals and drive in these deals is they get a piece of it. Mm-hmm. So for being the operator, let's use the example of uh, 30%, you know, it's, in the industry, it ranges anywhere from 10 to 30%. It can be outside of that, but that's uh, in general, it's 10 to 30%. So let's go with 30. Sponsor will get 30% of the deal. The investors will get 70% of the deal. And this just, is... this Just is, to clarify right now, you're talking about equity. I'm talking about equity. So yep. this is equity in the deal. While say the investors, there, there could be instances where the sponsor puts up money, but say to make this simple, investors put up 100% of the money for 70% of the equity. Sponsor does 100% of the work and operations for 30% of the equity. So I buy an apartment complex for a million dollars in 2022. And I have a strategy then just to make something up to do this syndication fund, rehab the apartment complex and sell it in five years. And I do that in 2027 for $5 million. So my equity in that deal is $4 million minus expenses, right? Whatever the, my expenses were in, the, in, in, the, in that, those two transactions. So let's just call it $4 million for the sake of, of... So what you're saying is that $4 million equity spread and the exit strategy is now split in some certain way that's predetermined... And the example that you you gave was a thirty. Yeah, a we're 30. gonna we're gonna get into all of the things that are in between that. But it what you're saying at the end, where there's a profit on that exit, <clears throat> the sponsor would get thirty percent of whatever the profit is. Yep. And the investors would get back the seventy percent of whatever the profit is. Um, and that's after everything in between, you know, operations and 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 all that. So love it. But you know, essentially, as, having an operator means you don't have like a property manager, for example. Um, they are your property manager. Mm-hmm. So that's where their operational aspect of it um, is is about performance. You know, so this if you go out there and look for syndication deals or information on syndication funds, um, the number one thing you'll hear is you want to find accredited sponsors. The sponsor is one of the biggest pieces of this puzzle that matters because if they don't hit their marks or they don't or get the returns from a deal that that should be or that 
they presented at the beginning, that's where you have... Um, it's credibility. Yeah, it's Lose credibility. credibility and- um, the sponsor doesn't make money. You don't make as much money. So, And, and one of the reasons for that is... A common one we'll, we'll say is waterfall structure. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the deals we're going to present at some point is a waterfall deal. And the way that is structured is there's a whole bunch of ways you can structure a waterfall deal. But basically what it means on the high level is when you have profits, this they go through this waterfall before they get to the equity split. So you know, consider the equity split at the bottom of this waterfall. That's where your split, we just described the 70-30. Well, I start with a profit at the top of the waterfall. And a lot of times to give investors some assurances, you'll have a preferred return. Can we change, can we change a word, one little word in that that might make it easier to understand? What? Revenue? No? Revenue instead of profit? No. Net revenue? Something? It's profit. I mean... Because the reason why I say that is because when I think of profit, I'm, I'm confusing. Some people are going to confuse the equity prop, the profit of equity that's shared at the exit strategy when you maybe sell a particular property. Now, if you've got a, a fund that has a whole bunch of properties in it, then there may be some of that in the middle of it all, right? I say, well, okay, so I say profit because it's defined by the operating agreement. It's really, it, as a, if you were a long-term management thing, it'd be your cash flow, your monthly profit. But it's profits defined by uh, whatever strategy it is. You could not, the, the strategy could be to not touch any of the money until the exit. The strategy could be to distribute every quarter, distribute every year, uh, distribute the cash flow every month. So it makes it more general to say profit in that sense. It could be to keep, hold all the cash flow profits in an account until the sale, add all those profits to it, and until that five-year exit, nobody gets anything, right? right. So yeah. in these in these deals, it's very important to know the details of whatever the operation is. And that's why I'm saying profit, because the profit at the end of the day is what gets waterfalled back. Because um, if you're not making money, there's nothing to waterfall down. You know, it's uh, the the tip of the waterfall where it starts to pour back down is, is your break even, right? It's mm-hmm. whatever time period, monthly, quarterly, yearly, mm-hmm. um, where your break even is, and then the rest flows down. So, um, and, and a lot of times the preferred return is the first flow. So, what that means is, is like, say, you have an 8% preferred return, which is common. Um, at an 8% preferred return, the investor, say they put in $100,000 into the deal, 8% of that, the money they're into the deal for would be 8000 So, if there's, let's say, 20000 of profit, that 8000 is the first thing to go back to the investor. Um, if it's if the profit's only four thousand, the four thousand goes back to the investor, but none of it goes continues down the waterfall. And but in this example we're gonna use twenty. So you have eight thousand. And then under that, say you have an asset management fee to the sponsor that of one percent that guarantees the sponsor one percent of the value of the asset. Um, we could go with a five. Say this was a five hundred thousand dollar asset you you know one percent of that's another five thousand dollars so now thirteen thousand of it's thirteen thousand of it's gone in the waterfall and it goes down to the next one assuming you don't have any um 
performance targets. There's a lot of things that could be done for a sponsor to have performance targets under that, um, which is common. We're just going to keep it simple and do next one just goes to equity split. So of that 7,000 remaining, you have 30% of it. 70, 30, we talked about as an example, that's that split, right? Yep. So you have 30% going to the sponsor, 70% going back to the investor. And you can see how the better that performs, the better both do. Mm -hmm. Um, once you get down to your split and say the value of that asset goes up, um, the better they both do. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's one of the most important pieces is, is performance at the end of the day. So these are most common, like, and you said in commercial deals and, you know, like apartment deals, because there's the way they're valued is based on the operation or operations and the, you know, performance of those operations. So that's where these makes these a lot more um, incentivizing in in deals that involve commercial real estate. As you'll see them way more commonly in there. Yeah, and they'll all have different purposes. They'll have their own their own purpose. Each fund will, right? Like we we've seen a lot of funds that uh, that are buying up houses like crazy, right? So mm-hmm. um, I just was under contract with one of these funds for one of our houses that we manage. That you know they're buying. You know they buy. 30 houses a month in, in DFW and they probably buy in other markets as well. And that's their, that's the fund's goal is to buy and hold. Right. So every fund has a different purpose. There's funds that have requirements. Most do like how long till you can pull your money out or when's the exit or when's the refi or whatever it may be. The one you just described is probably a minimum eight year I'd say eight years at least um, that the investor has to keep their money in there. Um, there's funds that could be eight months. You know, there's mm-hmm. funds that could have a five-year return plan, two-year return plan. Yeah. It all depends on the strategy of what this sponsor intends to do with the fund money and how, what what plan they've laid out. So, um, But a, a huge reason for this, and the reason we're talking about this now, is these become more common and more uh, – they work better – or I'm not going to say they work better, but people start looking for these more in high interest rate environments that mm. we are going into right now. Um, asset values have gone up a lot mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Interest rates were low. It was easy to get conventional financing. Now that that's you know, less accessible, these deals involve, for the most part, involve mostly cash, you know. So let me let me ask you. So we 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 kind of I think we skipped over that a little bit. We we skipped over an investor's role. Like how do investors? We have sponsors and investors. How do where do we find these investors and how do they get involved? That's the thing. It's it's private funds. It's mm-hmm. it's all private. So in any way you can think of. I mean, it's where you have to be careful. No know what it is and you know there's i'd say there's sites there's uh marketers that'll push these things around but you know like we're going to present one here later that's how they get involved you have to it's, well i just mean i, I just it. mean in a real general sense Kyle, i'm just trying to share with our audience that disease investors can be they can be anybody right for with any amount of money right um we could we could get Steve if he's got you know ten thousand extra dollars he wants to throw into the fund, you know in in some funds we can do that right. There's probably a minimum in some funds, but there's some that don't. But um, <laughs> Steve's ready to write a check over there. Um, 
I mean, so, it, yeah, I mean, it's all up to the sponsor of the deal or like, say, for example, I we could have a $100,000 house. I could go get a dollar from 100,000 yep, people. That's right. That's, but that's would that my make point. sense to distribute, you know, eight cents it to 100,000 people? It would probably cost me more money to distribute right. eight cents to 100,000 people. Um, it, you know, it has to make sense. A lot of people sell it in chunks. Like, say, you have a $100,000 property, um, probably send them in at five, the, the five, most twenty thousand or something like that. I'd say yep. ten thousand dollars splits mm-hmm, because right. you also have to remember you have you're trying to make all those people happy, right? Mm-hmm. It's a sponsor. Yep. You're dealing with as many people you allow into the deal. Most of the time, it's a limited slash silent partner, but to some extent, they're involved. They have to, um, you know, at least be reported to and know what's going on do you want to report a hundred thousand dollar deal to a hundred thousand people or are you going to look for 10 people or five people so um, a lot of the times they're sold in chunks or with minimums so you could say a minimum of twenty thousand dollars to get you in you could have someone come in and say i want eighty thousand i want eighty mm-hmm. percent of that so or they can buy the whole fund if they, they want yeah like the one we're going to present some that would be open to somebody if well not at this point but i mean well and there's there's funds that have maximums too and the mm-hmm. reason for that is so that the you know there's always control aspects at any deal and maybe they don't want uh, people to be able to take over that majority of mm-hmm. it you know so it's it's really looking at the details of any fund any deal is is very important you know because someone could throw out you know everyone does eight percent preferred returns and give an eight percent preferred return and not look at the rest of the waterfall or rest of where the profit and revenue goes so and a lot of them do talk about net revenue um so i appreciate that he tried to change the word to that it's just i was being high level that it could be a lot of different things because there's funds that'll lock up your money for years too. So if it's a development fund, there's a lot of development funds out there that are going to spend right. three years developing something and then selling That's it. Right. So those are solely based on profit. There's it's a negative revenue. There well, is those ex- build the rents that they're doing neighborhoods right now are, are those funds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a they have a strategy. There's big money deals that guarantee a certain amount back or guarantee your buy-in back or whatever, but just depends. Um, but we bring this up because. It's Can I rearticulate it? Yeah, go ahead. So, because you know me, I'm all about simplifying things for the dumb <laughs> guy like me, right? Because I, sometimes I have a hard time wrapping my brain around these things. And just because I'm in this world and we're talking about it and doing it all the time, still it takes me a while to figure this stuff out sometimes. So I, I feel sorry sometimes for the person might be listening and like, you know, is thinking like me and and doesn't. So if I could rearticulate it, I would I would articulate it this way. This would be a fund where anybody can invest a certain amount of money into, right? That they can afford, right? You've got a sponsor and you've got usually multiple investors in these funds, okay? And they are given in the in the waterfall type of fund that we're focusing on and talking about, they're given a uh, a guaranteed rate of return for their money, which is what people are thinking about. When people are thinking about what do I put my money in? Do I put it in an IRA? Do I put it in the stock fund? 
Do I put it in? Do I buy a piece of real estate? People are always thinking in terms of rate of return. Well, that's what this fund should be giving you is a guaranteed rate of return, right? So first thing is investors get a guaranteed rate of return. So everybody's happy right off the bat, right? Then this, this sponsor gets something from putting this whole deal together, but they're second, right? They're second in line behind the investors in case they don't perform. Mm -hmm. Am I on track? Right? So it's up to the sponsor to put together a deal that will perform. Otherwise they don't get paid, right? They don't get any portion of their money. And then after that, hopefully you perform so well that there's still more left over to split amongst that equity split you talked about in the example we gave was a 70-30. Then you split that kind of at the bottom, right? Afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a structure that kind of keeps everybody honest on their toes for to, to, to put together good deals, right? And not make, you know, I don't know. It's not something you just put together easily. So it's not something you're just going to do on a whim for, um, you know, something that's not going to work. That has question marks, I I, want to say. Does that that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Did did I re-articulate that okay for you? Yeah, I mean, you did. You you didn't make it as completely simple as you said you were okay. going to, but well, sure. I tried. So, and one of the one of the specifics that go into it is you'll like people are like, well, okay, I found this fund. What do I ask for? Well, there's a performa usually that is something that presents the deal in mm-hmm. a way that shows us how it's going to perform. And then there's a commitment phase where you commit to it, and then you know they have an operating agreement that brings you in and creates this partnership. So that's really what you'd be looking for. Um, in a syndication fund, so and and the way that we, we bring up waterfall because you could you could change all those things to make it all very investor friendly, very sponsor friendly, you know. So finding that middle ground in a deal that actually is fair is is I think is the most important piece because you don't want something to be too sponsor friendly or too investor friendly. At the end of the day, you want win wins are always winners, aren't yep. they? We want it to be a win win, or else there's less too much incentive on one side or the other. So, mm-hmm. um, I love it. We, 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 there, the, the point really being that there is a ton of different ways to do these syndications, and we've just touched on like one, <laughs> really, right? Like, like we can, and, and there's a whole bunch of ways that you can even do, like, to your point. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can mix and match all the different um, parts of it, right? To to depending on what you're doing. I use an example of an apartment complex. You may you may put that deal together way differently than you would like a single maybe a single property or I'm going to buy 500 single family homes. Like all three of those deals look completely different, and financially you you would want your your outcome and your results to to be different in each one of those. And one that we've been talking to our clients about recently is very new. Not many people, you can't even find many out there, but short-term rentals. And mm-hmm. that's because it's, it's, it's kind of a mix between the two <clears throat> common ones, big single family rental portfolios or commercial real estate, most commonly commercial real estate. Well, <clears throat> short-term rentals are actually valued, are, are usually single family homes, but are operated and valued especially to these funds like a, a business, business, like yeah. a commercial piece of real estate. Yeah. Um, so the structures are very commonly, or there will be very commonly adapted to the commercial real estate 
uh, structures like like these waterfall ones. So there's no reason why you wouldn't think. Let's say if I had like, let's see, if I had 20 Airbnbs or short term rentals right next to each other on the same street, that's almost like a hotel, right? So there's no sure. reason why you can't. Like, there's no reason why you wouldn't evaluate that business like a hotel business. It's a hospitality industry. It's all the same. I think I'd evaluate the deal like like other deals, though, that it's, you know, you'd probably want 30 Airbnbs spread out across yep. the country. Um, yeah. And that's the type of things funds yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just, just diversification. Yep. So, and this is one way to diversify. You can get a small piece of things um, in maybe different areas or maybe you want to get into Airbnbs and you could buy one or you could get 10 pieces of 10 deals, you know, um, or one piece of 10 deals, you know, with the same amount of money to diversify. So that's a very common way people diversify too. And sometimes they're even call it placing your bets on different sponsors or different operators, um, by getting into different funds. So Kyle, a lot of the people that are going to take the time to listen to us probably know us, right? Or they've gotten to know us by listening to us or, or whatever. It's not like we have this like, you know, nationwide audience or anything. So, but if I run across one of these deals, I've actually heard them on the radio, like on the radio, advertised on the radio. So if I run across one of these deals, what do you think somebody should do to protect themselves from the first thing people think of is this this might be a scam, right? We hear all the time how how really wealthy people scam other really wealthy people. So how do I make sure as a small guy that my $50,000 doesn't get scammed and lost? Like what what am I going to do to protect myself? Well, first answer I'm always going to give on that question is the most generic Talk to your attorney. Let your, attorney, your attorney. Let your attorney review the paperwork. That's a boring if answer. If there is no paperwork, it's a boring you know, answer. It is a boring answer, but it's <laughs> it's it's the answer I have to initially right. give. And then second, just credibility. You know, at the end of the day, um, a lot of real estate and and, and mm. business in general is about relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So if they won't make one with you or talk to you about why they why they think they're credible for this deal and get offended by you asking doing credibility checks that's always a red flag mm, you know what yep. is your yeah what makes you credible for, right. for doing this what have you done previously if it is nothing why aren't you telling me it's nothing why are right. you trying to claim in general right. vague senses that you've done all these things right um you know, like when we try to do these things, we can talk about our history as operators. And mm -hmm. uh, you've, we've talked a lot on this podcast about our short-term rentals. We've mm -hmm. given numbers about our short-term rentals. Um, if, if you're afraid to be transparent about the things you can be transparent about, I said that's a red flag because right. it's hard. That's it's harder. Point. It's harder to return $50,000 on $50,000 than it is to lose $50,000, right? Um so it should be a concern of yours before just throwing it places. But um. yeah, I, I think once you learn, it's like anything else. Once you buy, you know, a blue Tesla, then you start seeing how many blue Teslas are out there, right? And so once you learn about syndication funds, you're going to notice how many there are out there. There's a lot of them, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot more than you realize. You just didn't. You never had a blue Tesla before, so you never noticed them. And so that's what I mean. Is is really like. I hope people, I, this is, this is a very unregulated type of industry, right? Like it's regulated to some degree, but, but I think it's important to know, or at least for us to state that there is 
different structures of funds and some of them are regulated by the sec so yeah um, i'm not going to specify or get into where the differences are because that you definitely need to research yourself um but you know if in in the ones that aren't in the ones that are private you aren't a quote-unquote completely silent partner Mm -hmm. you know you will have some say and some input and if you don't then it's probably regulated by the sec so um but yeah it regardless you know people do what people do and a lot of especially in texas a lot of real estate contracts and and deals and prices and all that stuff is is still private information so do your due diligence um and make sure there is an agreement and the credibility and background of the sponsor is your number one thing you know if they don't have any or they are admitting to being new at something maybe the the lower split should it should be what they take to get gain credibility um and on the same same note you know making sure the deal works in your favor with that risk with that risk uh difference you know you you in any investment you you balance risk and reward so if you're taking a a bet on a new sponsor or an uncredible sponsor that maybe not saying you don't trust them, but maybe you don't have enough information to know you can trust them. Um, then should you be given more reward incentive for taking that mm-hmm. higher risk? Yep. So. Yep. Love it. That's a good point. Really good point. Is there anything else anybody else that people need to know about syndications? Oh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot to, to be, things yeah, you could, but you could I mean, do. so, I mean, there's probably syndication funds that have a waterfall that goes 14, 15 points down, you know, <laughs> but to keep it simple, um, don't it, you know, it, you shouldn't overcomplicate it in my opinion. Keep um, it simple. The people who try to, if there's a sponsor making something very complicated that it doesn't involve hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe it's complicated on purpose, yep. you know, maybe it's complicated to make it complicated so yeah simple to keep it simple the sponsor should be incentivized in a very simple manner to perform on the the goal you know the strategy and you should be have a very simple outline of how you are going to get rewarded on that same strategy so love it that's the simple part so, Kyle, I'm really excited. Can we introduce people then to our, our list week? Uh, why not? Let's let's uh, let's tease them a little bit. So, um, we, if you've been listening a while or you've seen previous episodes, we have two other con- two short term rentals that we've been managing and. Two? and- I got three. We got three. Well, they're talking about in this complex. We have two that okay. we presented right. uh, a couple months ago, numbers on um, and specifics oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we did it in a general sense, but um, in Orange Beach, Alabama. So mm-hmm. Orange Beach, Alabama is one of the markets we are operating on. And to get everybody, we're, we're going to be sponsoring, or we are already sponsoring a syndication fund for a third unit. Um, in that same complex to be, you know, that it's actually better than the other two. Yeah. We were, so that's, that's why we're it. so excited about yep. it. Um, but we're going to be presenting that one uh, throughout the next week. But specifically, um, I don't know when this is going to release. So maybe this week, uh, but Friday the 13th, <laughs> we are going to be in Orange Beach, Alabama uh, t- and presenting live from Orange Beach, the, the syndication deal. So to get, get investors excited, wait. might be on the patio. You know, you can not just see the the 
unit we're going to be operating, but we'll be in it. And we clearly haven't formulated exact time and date yet, but we might do it Friday and Saturday so we we can do it at night and and do it do it during the day in the middle of the middle of the Saturday so people see how how, what 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 the complex is like. On a Saturday, it is in January, so yeah. it's not in the middle of the summer or anything. But <laughs> show um, you how how beautiful it is to be able to use it in January. It, it is so. so gorgeous. I love going there during the winter. It's I love going there during the winter just as much as I do in the summer. So I'm so excited to to introduce this to everybody. And if you if you're listening to this and you have any interest at all in a vacation rental, a syndication fund, or Orange Beach. Tune in next week if, if you know even if you have no plans to to invest or no money to invest, you might know somebody that does. Tune in because we're gonna have we're gonna have fun presenting or, or this. Call us the second you hear it. We've been still we've still been presenting it. It's only been word of mouth to this point. Yep. We're not gonna get into specifics right now, but we will if you give us a call, 817-818-9039. Um ask for Kyle, ask for John. We're the ones syndicating it. Um but it's it's gonna or be they a can fun send one. an it's, email, right? Where's that? Show me the money me at wertpm.com. Um, we plan to present a lot more about the future opportunities of Summerhouse of Orange Beach, Alabama. What's coming up there? Why this is going to be not just an exciting investment, but a great investment. That's why we want to get people in on it. You know, we we were feeling stingy on the other two, <laughs> not getting people in. So you know, this is everyone. This is, everyone's everyone's been hammering us a little bit, haven't they? Like, why? How do we do this? How do we get in? How do yep. we get in? Well, we 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 use that inspiration and questions to yep. find a way and yep. you know create this syndication fund to get people in. So yep. if you're interested, you want to talk to us, property management, syndication funds anything real estate, give us a call 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email. Show me the money at wertpm.com. Come see us in downtown Mansfield. We'd be happy to get you excited about this face-to-face. And thank you all for tuning in. See you all next week. Later. We out. We out.